Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOFPHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. I want to go ahead and encourage you to open your Bibles to the book of Acts. The book of Acts. You can go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 28. Acts chapter 28. I'm going to get there in just a minute, but I just want to share a few things before I get there. And just, uh, I know I'm going to be repetitive a little bit, but uh, it's very intentional. Um, so just bear with me for the next few minutes. And I really truly believe God has a word for the church today uh, through this message as I continue uh, today and really uh, as the Lord leads, finish up things with this series that I've called Witness. Witness. Can you say witness? We've been discussing about being a witness over the last several weeks that God's heart for us is to be a witness and to win people or attempt to win people to Jesus Christ. That should be the heart of the church, that we should be witnesses and we should be attempting to win souls to Christ. I've shared with you the three mandates that Christ himself has given the church. If we're going to be a powerful and a healthy and growing church, Jesus gave these mandates for us to follow as a church. He didn't just say, here you go, guys. You're at it on your own. You know, do the best you can. No, he gave us these mandates and he gave us a helper to accomplish it. Hallelujah. Those mandates we've learned are prayer and evangelism and discipleship. Prayer is seeking the face of God. I'm not talking about just prayer needs, which we pray for needs, but I'm talking about a prayer where we're seeking the face of God, seeking the presence of God. And I'm talking about evangelism. When I say evangelism, I mean witnessing and, and sharing the gospel and, and giving your testimony of what God has done for you in your life. When I speak of discipleship, I'm speaking about uh, brothers and sisters in Christ that are, that are growing in their walk spiritually together. That we're getting to a place where we're leaving the milk and we're going after the meat. Hallelujah. And we're growing and we're growing in our walk with God and we're doing it together. So we know these uh, mandates, prayer and evangelism and discipleship are found in God's mission for this church. And I've been sharing God's mission for this local church week after week. And I'm telling you, it's been very intentional that I've done that because it's my heart and it's the heart of the staff here and the leadership of this church that everyone that identifies themselves with this local church, that you would be part of God's mission. Not just a few, but everybody. Everybody would come together and would be agents carrying out God's mission that we would be a praying church, a praying church, a praying church that loves God and loves people. That we would be a place of hope for anybody from anywhere. When they walk through the doors, it's a place of hope. People need hope today. And that we would have the heart of Christ and that we would seek the lost and we would serve the suffering and that we would share life together as we grow spiritually. My heart is for everyone here to be a part of God's mission. I shared that with those that stood before you today the other night in the connections class that if we're going to be a powerful and uh, healthy and a growing church that we need to be a praying church. We need to be a witnessing church and we need to be a church that's making disciples. 
And today I just finish up with you about how vital it is that we as a church are a witnessing church. We've learned what is a witness. I know you probably already know this by heart now. What is a witness? A witness is a person who gives testimony of something they've seen or heard or experienced in their life. And now that you've experienced the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and now that you've encountered the Lord Jesus in your life and you've been changed, now you have become a witness. You've become a witness and and now that's your purpose for your life because Jesus, he called us to be a witness for him. He said in Acts chapter one in verse eight, he says that you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Not you might be, but you will be. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're gonna receive power and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And we are all called to be witnesses for Christ, every one of us. Nobody is, uh, everybody's included in this if you're a follower of Christ. And we've discovered some things from God's word over the last few weeks that have been some mighty motivators from the life of the apostle Paul. And Paul was someone that was motivated. He was motivated so much that he went on to become one of the most powerful and effective witnesses for Christ to ever walk this earth. He made such an impact for the glory of God as he witnessed and he, as he was, went around winning people to Christ. And, and we want to know what, what motivated Paul? What motivated this man to witness and to win? Just a quick review. We know that his conversion, when he, when he encountered Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus, I want to tell you today, friend, when you have a true encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ and you accept the work of salvation in your life and you repent of your sin, you will be changed. You will be changed. And Paul was changed, and that change in his life motivated him to want to go out and be a witness and to win people to Christ. Paul's calling motivated him. We know God said to Paul that you're, you're chosen. You're a chosen instrument. You're a chosen instrument to carry the name of Christ into the world. He was called by God. His calling motivated him. And I want to remind you today, friend, before we close this down today, that Paul chose and called Paul Jesus called him and chose him to go out and carry the name of Christ into the world and the Lord has called and chosen us to carry the name of Christ into the world. Every one of us have been chosen by God and then we know Paul, man, this crazy follower of Christ, he was crazy. You know, God's people are crazy. Paul was crazy. He was crazy with compassion. Some of y'all looking at the people beside you and said amen, I saw it. Paul was crazy. He was crazy with compassion for all people. That's what motivated him. His love for people motivated him. And then we learned last week what motivated Paul was his compulsion. What do I mean by that? You remember, he had a passion that moved him. It was a passion that moved him. And the passion that Paul had was a, was a passion to live a life pleasing and worthy unto God. Paul wanted to live a life that was pleasing and worthy to God. Is that your passion today? that you want to live a life pleasing and worthy to God. And then finally, we saw last Sunday Paul's conviction. Oh, my. This man was convicted. 
He was convicted that he knew and he was persuaded that hell was a real place for those that rejected the offer of salvation through Jesus Christ alone. He knew that if anyone died without Christ, there was a real hell that they would go to. And it convicted him and that conviction motivated him to witness and to win people to Jesus Christ. Well, today we're going to discover one last motivator from Paul's life that moved him to witness and win people to Christ. And that motivator was confidence, confidence. The motivator was confidence. A witness is motivated by confidence. There in your Bible, if you'll turn to Acts chapter 28, I just want to give you some context here before I get into the message. What's happening here in Acts 28? You can go back and read it later, the full chapter. But Paul has finally arrived in Rome after being on a long and hard and difficult journey in which on this journey, he encountered great opposition. He, he encountered all kinds of uh, troubles and, and threats in his life. He faced all kinds of danger along the way. And just to give you a quick snapshot of some of the things that Paul encountered on this, on this journey to Rome, in Acts chapter 14, you read that Paul, that Paul was, he was stoned by those that were there accusing him of uh, breaking uh, some of the Jewish law. And, and he was drugged outside and left outside the city for dead. And then we read many times that there were mobs of people who plotted uh, to ambush Paul's life. We read also along the way in this journey that Paul was unjustly arrested and and uh, imprisoned and chained for the sake of his faith in Jesus Christ. Paul is on a long and difficult journey. And, and after going through all of that and much, much more that I don't even have time to share with you today on what he faced, Paul finally arrives in Rome. And even while he's there, he's placed under house arrest. He's placed under house arrest. Listen, he's under house arrest and he's having to pay rent for the house. And he has guards there that are watching over him. And what does Paul do after this long encounter with opposition and danger? And now he's under house arrest after he finally arrives in Rome. What does Paul do as soon as he arrives? Paul just starts to be a witness again. Paul, he becomes a witness and he begins to win people to Christ. And the Bible says that while Paul is there in Rome, he continues to be a witness and win people to Christ and he does it with confidence. He does it with confidence. Let me read to you these few verses in Acts chapter 28, verse 30 and 31. Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house and received all who came to him preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no one forbidding him. Isn't it amazing that this man and the journey that he's been through, there he is and he continues to be a witness and he continues to win people to Christ and he's doing it with all confidence. All that he faced, all the setbacks that he encountered, and he's there witnessing with confidence. Now that word confidence, if you study that word, here's what it means. That word confidence means a spirit-empowered boldness and courage that comes to you when you're going through difficult and dangerous times. 
when you're facing opposition, when you're facing threats. That word there in some of the translations, you'll see they exchange confidence with boldness. Some translations would read that he was sharing things that concerned the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness. With all boldness. That word confidence and boldness mean the same thing there. And the word confidence means a spirit-empowered boldness and courage to face the threats and dangers that we may encounter in life. Paul was empowered. He was empowered by the Spirit of God with a boldness that motivated him to never be ashamed of Jesus Christ. He was motivated in life with confidence and with boldness that I will never be ashamed of Jesus Christ. No matter what you do to me, no matter how you treat me, no matter what I face, I'm never going to back down. I'm going to be bold, and I'm never going to be ashamed of my Jesus. Hallelujah. That was Paul's testimony. You can read the testimony over in Philippians when he's writing the letter where? From prison. And he says these words, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always. So now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death, for me to live as Christ and for me to die is gain. Hallelujah. What a powerful, powerful testimony. Powerful testimony. Paul says, with all boldness, I will never be ashamed of the Lord. He says, I will magnify Christ with what? All boldness. Boldness. Say boldness. Boldness is what enabled Paul to be a powerful witness for Christ. Boldness is what enabled Paul to uh, carry out God's mission, even in the face of great opposition. And I got a news flash for you today, church. Please tune in. Be ready to face opposition. Be ready to face opposition. As you witness for Christ and as you attempt to win people and as you attempt to carry the name of Jesus into this world, I am telling you today, be ready for opposition. Be ready for opposition. You take a stand for Jesus Christ in the day that we live in now, you better be ready for the, atten- the enemy to attack. And it could be new news for you all that you just heard that, but I want to tell you the truth is nowhere in the Bible does it say living for Christ is going to be easy. It never says that. In fact, here's what Jesus said. Jesus said that you're going to be hated by the world for his namesake. You start walking around using the name of Christ and you better be ready to be hated is what Jesus is saying. He says you'll be hated by the world for his namesake. And Jesus also said this, that the world will hate you because the world hated him first. Jesus said those words. That's why... That's why we shouldn't be surprised when we encounter persecution. That's why we shouldn't be surprised when attacks come in our life. That's why we shouldn't be surprised when the world mocks us for our faith in Christ. That's why we shouldn't be surprised when we see some of the things happening in our nation that are uh, anti-God and anti-Christ. That's why we shouldn't be surprised because guess what? It's going to happen. Opposition is going to come. And the question is, 
The question is, how do we respond? How, how do we respond to this opposition that we face now and the opposition that is going to come? How are we going to respond to the threats? How are we going to respond to the attacks? What are we going to do when, when the flood of evil and darkness that appear to be prevailing in our land today, what are we going to do? Do we, do we run? Do, do we retreat? Do we hide? Do we cower? Do we cave? Do we compromise? Do we conform? The answer is no. No. No, we don't do that. What did Paul do? What did the early church do when they faced these threats and when they faced this opposition? What did they do? They prayed for boldness. They prayed for boldness. Man, if we ever need boldness, it's the day that we're living in. You remember, if you study your Bible, any at all, in the book of Acts, if you would go all the way back to chapter 3 and 4, Peter and John are on their way to a service and they, they actually stop and they confront this crippled man and they perform a miracle there in the name of Jesus. You remember the story? And they're detained, they're arrested and they're put in custody with the religious leaders there and they're, they're uh, threatened and uh, all kinds of things are happening there to them and they stand there in the boldness of God and they tell those religious leaders that it's better for them to obey God rather than man. <laughs> I love reading that story there powerful account and then the, the religious leaders they, 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 they tighten up the threats around Peter and John there and they tell them to no longer, no longer can you use the name of Jesus we're not sure how to punish you but we're threatening you right now and you need to stop using that name and what did they do they leave there and they go to a prayer meeting they go to a prayer meeting and what did they do in the prayer meeting? They go into the prayer meeting, and if you go to Acts chapter 4, verse 29, this is part of the prayer. You can make this your prayer. And they pray this, Now, Lord, now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with what? Great boldness. Great boldness. No, they didn't go into the prayer meeting and pray for a way out and, and pray for things to get better for them. No, they prayed that they would receive great boldness so they could speak the word of God. The church prayed, the church prayed, the church prayed for great boldness. One of the great preachers of history and theologian and the founder of uh, Missionary Alliance, a man by the name of A.B. Simpson, he said these words, one of the special marks of the Holy Spirit in the church was the spirit of boldness, was the spirit of boldness. We need boldness in God's house today. God's people need to be bold people today. And may the Holy Spirit give the church great boldness in these last days. God, give us great boldness. Give this preacher great boldness. Give the people great boldness. We need it in the day that we're living in. Look at Paul and look at the early church and the great opposition that came against them. The enemy was there to silence the name of Jesus and that was the one goal. And guess what? 2,000 years later and the enemy is still working to silence the name of Jesus he's still working 
You don't believe me? Just look at what's going on in our culture today. Look at what's going on. We see right before our eyes evil and wicked powers working through the media, working through political parties, evil and wicked powers working through our government and through anti-Christian groups. And their goal, their one goal is to stop the church from using the name Jesus. It's happening right now. It's happening right now. They're the wicked who are being controlled by Satan. Guess what? They're, they're no longer even hiding their objective anymore to stop the Christians from being able to express their faith in Jesus Christ. The, the wicked are more bold than ever now. We see evil works of darkness happening right now like we never thought we would see before in our day and time, especially right here in America. Come on, I'm telling the truth. The wicked forces used by Satan, they're boldly working through our culture, attempting to tear down uh, our Christian foundation and to remove our Christian heritage. The wicked are boldly working to silence the testimony and the witness of the church, and he's doing a good job of it. The sad reality, the sad reality today is that the wicked appear to be more bold than the church. In one of Pastor Jim Simbola's books, he made this statement. When the enemy is bold, the church must be bolder. When the enemy is bold, the church must be bolder. When the enemy is bold, the church must be bolder. I don't mean that we are confrontational and, and, and we're arguing and, and, and things like that. We're bold in love. We're bold in grace. We're bold in speaking up for our Lord. We're bold in speaking the truth. This is no time for the witness to be silent. This is no time for the witness to hide. This is no time for the witness to retreat. This is no time for the witness to live in fear. This is the time. This is the time that we're living in for the witness to stand up, step up, speak up with boldness for the Lord Jesus Christ in these last days. God, give us boldness. Give us boldness. A boldness to speak out against sin and call sin, sin. A boldness to be Bible correct instead of politically correct. A boldness that will not cave and conform and compromise with the wickedness that we see right here happening in our nation. And guess what? Many churches and denominations, they are caving and conforming. A boldness, a boldness that will go after lost people and win them to Christ no matter the cost. A boldness that will share the gospel with anybody from anywhere. A boldness that will declare that Jesus is the way and he's the truth and he's the life. A boldness that will proclaim that there's no other name under the heaven in which men can be saved. A boldness, a boldness to declare that one day King Jesus is coming back and every knee will bow. Every brown knee, every black knee, every white knee, every knee will bow. It will bow. A boldness. A boldness to declare over the attic that God can set them free. Hallelujah. A boldness to walk up to someone and declare that God can put a marriage back together. 
a boldness to walk up to someone and let them know that God can break the chains of pornography off their life. A boldness to be able to walk into a desperate and dark situation and say that God, he is the way maker. A boldness to declare that Jesus is our healer. A boldness that will make us a witness everywhere we go. A boldness that will, that will bring glory to God. A boldness. A boldness. Boldness is courage. Boldness is not in your face and let me see if I can be louder than you and argue, I'll argue you. Boldness is just, you know what, no matter what, like Paul said, you can, you, all the threats can come and the, and the things can get rough in my life, but I'm going to have the courage to keep witnessing and glorifying God with my life. It's a boldness. And like Paul, we need to be bold knowing that Jesus He's helping us. He's going to help us. Where do we get this boldness from? Where do we get this boldness from that Paul had that motivated him in his life? Where did the early church get this boldness from? Well, we find the answer in Acts chapter 4. I just read it to you a while ago. When they were in that prayer meeting and they said, Now, Lord, you considered our threats. Now would you enable these servants, your servants, to speak the word of God with great boldness? And then you read in verse 31 after they prayed that, it says, And when they had prayed... The place in which they were gathered together was shaken. Oh, Lord. The place where they were gathered together was shaken. You know, we read that and just probably read through it, but God, he can still shake us. The place was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And listen, and they continued to speak the word of God with what? Boldness. With boldness. I want you to look there just in that one verse. God was shaking the place. Maybe it is that we, maybe God's people need to be shaken. Maybe we need to be shaken and wake us up and realize just how, how uh, far back we have allowed the enemy to be more bold than we are. The place was shaken, and what happened after the place was shaken? It says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. We need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Every one of us do. We need a fresh outpour of the Holy Spirit in our life. And when they prayed and the Holy Spirit filled them, the Bible says, then they received. They received. What did they receive? They received boldness. They received boldness. A confidence. You see, our boldness comes from the Holy Spirit. Our boldness comes from the Holy Spirit. One Christian writer made this statement, a Christian full of the Holy Spirit will be a Christian full of boldness. You want to know if someone's filled with the Holy Spirit, they're going to have boldness in their life. That's why when it comes to being a witness, you can be bold. You can be bold knowing that the Holy Spirit is going to empower you. You can be bold as, you're, as a witness because you know the Holy Spirit is going to help you. You can be bold as a witness knowing the Holy Spirit is going to open doors for you. You can be bold. You can be bold as a witness knowing the Holy Spirit is going to put people in your path and he's going to place people on your heart for you to pray for. The Holy Spirit is the one that gives us this boldness. The Holy Spirit fills us and gives us great boldness. This past week, I had an opportunity to go uh, watch my son get massacred in a football game on Thursday drive two hours and 15 minutes 36 to zero they were bold though they were bold had a good time talking about boldness at halftime 
went to the concession stand there to get some hot chocolate standing there in line to get hot chocolate and there was two men there talking politics and one of the men was talking to the other gentleman and he said yeah I don't know of anybody I've ever seen in my lifetime or ever known in my lifetime that's ever been attacked and insulted as our previous president and I was standing there and it was like boldness and I stepped right over there with him I said sir I know somebody I know somebody that's been attacked more than him and been insulted more than him. And he just looked at me and I said, his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And the man looked back at me and he said, amen, amen. Now, I normally wouldn't do that. That's boldness, the God-given boldness. And we have to have a boldness in these last days to be able to stand up and speak up for Jesus Christ. God, give us boldness. We, we need a holy boldness for the sake of the souls of men and women and this generation and the next generation. Are we going to just sit by and, and, and be weak and be uh, fearful and not have any boldness as we watch the next generation go to hell? As we watch the enemy attack them and try to pull them, do you know there's an attack going on for our children in this land? Listen, I'm telling you right now, it's time to be bold. Our our families are worth being bold for. Our, Our children are worth being bold for. Our grandchildren are worth being bold for. God, give us a boldness. We got a great opportunity right now before us for God to use the church like never before. And it's time for the church to be bold. To be bold. To be bold so we can be salt and light. To be bold so we can stand up and stand firm. No matter the threats, no matter the opposition. I'm telling you right now, I'm I'm trying not to get real, I'm trying not to get political. I really am not, I promise you. But there comes a place where God's people need to stand up and speak. And I'm telling you right now, there's a a thing right now with the Equality Act going on in Washington, D.C. You need to contact your congressmen, your senators. I did it already. You need to do it. You need to let them say, you need to say no to it. Because if it passes, friend, I'm just telling you right now, it's going to open up the door for a great wave of persecution. You think I'd be able to stand up here and I won't even be able to use pronouns like he or she. It'll be called hate speech and it'll get a lot worse than that, friend. I'm just telling you, it's time to be bold. It's time to be bold. I wrote this last night. It's not time for the church to fold. It's time for the church to be bold. I can drop the mic on that one. Let's be bold in these last days. Let's be bold. Now, I'm not talking about being confrontational or argumentative. I'm talking about being bold and standing for the truth and standing for Christ. The Bible says that the righteous are bold as lions. Now, I hadn't seen many lions cower and run away. They're the king. They go forward. They attack. They're, they're bold. The only one I knew that wasn't was off the Wizard of Oz. Lord, help me. Holy Spirit, if you'll come, brother and sister. Holy Spirit, put boldness in our hearts. Put boldness in our hearts. Put boldness in my mouth. Yes, 
Put boldness in my feet. Boldness in my hands. Put boldness in me, Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, church, we need it more than ever. More than ever. There's going to be coming a day, I pray, and you'll be able to look back and you'll be able to say, God, I'm thankful that there's, I can get boldness from you, Holy Spirit, because I need it more than I've ever needed it before. Yes. I need that boldness. I never thought I'd have to go through what I'm going through right now and face the things that I'm facing. But God, I thank you for your boldness. We need boldness to carry the name of Christ into a hopeless world and a boldness to declare to them that Jesus loves them and that Jesus can forgive them of their sins. I boldly declare to you today that no matter who you are, no matter what you have been involved in or what you've ever done, Jesus can save you and change you and give you new life and give you a home in heaven. Hallelujah. I declare boldly today, boldly, that he died on the cross, gave his life, shed his blood, took our place, your place, my place, all of us, died on that cross and then they laid him in that grave and three days later he rose from the grave conquering death he was resurrected he is alive I'm bold today because Jesus is alive I'm bold today because he's been resurrected hallelujah I'm bold today because I know he's coming back (laughs) do what you want to have your way with me but I'm going to be bold for Christ because of what he's done for me and in me oh Lord thank you Lord this world needs the church to be bold today when you came in you should have received one of these bracelets right here little bracelet that's got the gospel on it actually that Jesus came and died and rose again and he went back to heaven and one day he's coming back That's a good witnessing tool for you to have to help you and remind you of how to share the gospel. I wanted everyone to have one today. So before you leave, make sure you you get one here by the ushers. They're going to be at the doors, and they'll be glad to help you. I know there's a little R there at the end in a circle to let you know uh, probably who made this band, but I thought, well, that's cool there. You can ask at the end, are you ready? Are you ready? I'm asking you today, friend. Are you ready? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I pray that you have made that decision. If you have not, you can do it right there where you are right now. If you're watching online in your your home, in a car, wherever you may be, all you have to do is say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. And I know you've come to save sinners. You took my place on the cross. You died for me. You shed your blood for me. And right now I receive the gift of salvation that comes through you, Christ, and what you did on the cross. And I surrender my life to you. I believe, I confess that Jesus, you are Lord. And I believe that God raised you from the dead. And because you live, I know today by faith, I'm going to live forever too, Lord, in a place called heaven because I'm going to receive eternal life. And it can only happen through you, Jesus. And I give you my life today. I pray, friend, I pray that you've made that decision. I pray that you've made that decision. Would you bow your heads all over this place, please? Lord, speak to hearts. Speak to hearts. If there's anyone that's lost and not sure that heaven is in their future, 
I pray that right now they would just surrender their life to you. Friend, it's not hard. It's just a, a work of faith. You just say, I'm trusting in you, Lord. I'm believing you by faith what you did for me. Now, Lord, save me and turn my life around, God. Give me new life today. Cleanse me, Lord. Make me new. In Jesus' name. Right there where you are, friend, maybe for the first time or rededicate your life to him. Just say, I'm giving my life to you today, Jesus. I'm giving you my life. Lord, here I am. Nobody looking around. Maybe you've done it for the first time today or maybe you've rededicated. Would you just lift your hand and say, today, I've made a decision to give my life to Christ. I've made a decision to follow him. Would you just lift your hand real, real quickly, please? All right. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Just stay right there where you are and let's pray. We're going to pray for boldness. Boldness. Holy Spirit, Lord, would you enable this church, every follower of Christ in this church, to speak the word of God with great boldness. I pray for every man, every woman, every child, that we would speak with great boldness. Lord, I pray that we would not cower or cave not live in fear and not hide, but God, that you would fill us right now. Come on, church. Fill us with a, your Holy Spirit that we would have a great boldness in our life, God, to live for you and to follow you that would motivate us to, to witness, God, that would motivate us to, to win people to you, Jesus. God, right now, I pray that we would receive that boldness. God, if you need to shake us, shake us. If you need to shake some people that are followers that have fallen asleep, shake them. Shake them. Shake them. Shake this church. Shake it, God. Shake every church. Shake the church. And Lord, we pray there would be a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit right now. A fresh outpouring. Lord, a fresh filling of, of your Holy Spirit in our life right now. Right now. In me, I receive it. I receive it right now. I receive, Lord. I receive it right now, Lord. I receive boldness. I receive boldness. Come on, church. Stand with me right now. Stand with me all over this place. Stand with me. And just declare, I receive boldness. I receive boldness. I receive boldness, Lord. I'm praying, and God, I know you're going to empower me to have a boldness. And God, it's going to be a boldness, God. And through this boldness, God, I'm going to witness to my family. I'm going to witness to my friends. Through this boldness, God, we're going to win Wayne County. Through this boldness, we're going to win Duplin County. Through this boldness, we're going to win the surrounding counties. Through this boldness, they can only come from you, God. There's going to be a great harvest of souls. Through this boldness, God, we know that you're going to do only what you can do. And God, we're going to be bold. We're going to be bold. We're going to be bold. And we're going to receive that boldness right now. Every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. Hallelujah.